Welcome to the Generation Voids podcast, The Retail Warzone. We have with us Proto Rage, um, who we have met via Reddit. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, he he's he's seen some things. So Proto Rage, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Um. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's put this. Way. I'm in my early thirties for the most part, and I've done a lot of work that I've had to in order to be able to pay the bills. Even though my college degree is in more computers, I've had a difficult past that happened where family got sick, I had to take care of them, and this led it to be into long terms of years of working and keeping my head above water. <laughs> Fully understand. Fully understand. So, oh, yeah. So the different industries you have been in. Um, I've been in hotel, customer call service, um, cemetery landscaping. I've been in sales. I've been in uh, age-restricted vape product retail. Um, I've worked at uh, a uh, major label motorcycle dealership. Nice. So what what we're going to do is we're just going to, you know, kind of pick your brain and see what kind of craziness you've had to deal with and I, and and you know when you and i started communicating about this the one that has intrigued me the most that i'm sure you saw the most shit um let's <laughs> let's hear about let's hear about your time at a hotel front desk on the night shift what you got this will be fun yep. oh you ever know the you know the phrase you have never experienced stupidity until you've worked retail yes we do very well yes sir it is doubly sh- it is double that when you're going past midnight. Yep, I can imagine. Oh boy. Uh, backstory is where I was working at. It's a little college town. Um, Trison here knows exactly where it is, and I knew the owner for his friends who worked there, so they got me the job there. Pay is like eight seventy five. While I'm in college, so I'm like I can't I can't argue with that. It's it's not bad. It's it allows me to do my classwork and stuff. Okay, yeah, I'll take the job. Oh man, <laughs> there have been nights. There, one night in particular I remember is I refused to rent to some kids because they were under the age of twenty one. Right. They're fussing, they're cussing, everything else. So they're like, man, we'll just go to the hotel next door. Okay, sure. Bye. I'm behind plexiglass. Sure, getting mad. And a couple hours later, there's people running through my parking lot past my window, and I'm watching security cameras, seeing people hop the fence, going, what is going on? Police start pulling up and everything. They're pulling into their parking lot. They're pulling into my parking lot. Apparently, there was a three-room party over at that hotel for the kids I told no. (laughs) And someone pulled out a gun and started shooting. Oh, wow. 
Nice. <laughs> um, well, you dod you dodged one there. That's one bullet I dodged. Another was um, we had a night. It was pretty calm and everything. It was good night. And you know, besides the occasional every weekend, I know the one room has a deal, and I see the black SUV pull up, visit. Guy comes out, visit. They leave. Another car pulls up. The usual exchange. I see that every night. Right. This weekend, apparently, we had a special guest <laughs> who was involved in a shooting in another county. State Bureau investigation pulls up. That county's police pulls up. Our county police pull up. They have their guns drawn. Dogs out. I'm getting calls at the front desk going, what's going on? There's police out here shouting for us to stay in the room. They have their guns trained on the door. What's going on? I don't know. I have no idea. Were any shots fired? Surprisingly, no, because this is one of those crappy hotels where there's one floor and only one door in and out. Oh. So. Yeah, it's one of those crappy hotels. So being in a college town, did you ever have any kind of like local band mischief and shit like that go on? Surprisingly, the bands were the best people. Wow, that's good. They came in. They knew that we were not a good hotel. The beds were terrible. The rooms had stains. The worst we had is I think um, one artist rolled through. And then on the next morning at checkout, the TV was missing. (laughs) Like the dude didn't just disconnect the coaxial. He just cut the coaxial and took the TV. Well, damn. And I'm, I'm imagining that's probably the nicest thing in the room. <laughs> it is, because the, rooms, the TVs have just been upgraded from CRTs to cheap-ish Samsungs or, like, Vizios. Nice. That's that's crazy. So, um, uh, ladies of the night stories, you have any of those? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I would say that's a definite uh, yes. Yep, that's what it sounds like to me. Young dude comes in, 19 years old. He wants to get a room. He's got a girl. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. I'm looking over. She's at least 50. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, brother, is your game that weak? Oh, damn. You know what? did Did he at least get the girl to pay it for him? Considering the age gap, she had to pay for it. She had to put it under her name. Hell yeah! At least he got that. Right. <laughs> wow. So, so we got a question here. Up, what was the worst thing that the hotel owners had you do to quote unquote save money? Oh god, the worst things I've had to do to save money. <laughs> uh, I never got overtime. I never got PTO. Um, if I worked over my hours for the week, I had to roll them over to next period's pay. Oh, and now when you did that, did they cut your hours for the next week or did, or is this just continuous rolling hours over? Continuous rolling hours over. So essentially like say if someone called out and I put in 20 extra hours, I could go screw this. I got 20 hours PTO, right? Um, 
And the thing is, some of the worst stuff was not even from the customers or the staff. It was also some of my coworkers. Ooh. Now, you ran the front desk, right? Yep, I ran front desk solo. It sucked. Now, that puts you over any kind of like the 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 room service, you know, like the cleaners and stuff like that. Were you over them on your shift? Yes. Yes and no, because we only had uh, cleanings, cleaners, uh, staff for the morning. Right. That's it. So someone checked out midnight. There was no room turnover. Not until about 11 a.m. the next morning. Mm. Man, that's crazy about the hours, though, because you didn't. I'm so, so did you wind up when you, when you left a job I mean, had you been accurately paid for everything? Um, I kept very close notes of my pay records. Technically I should not have been paid about $400 out of one paycheck because of a screw up. Um, how liberal can I be with my language? Um, you, you cuss. Thank fucking God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was a fuck up that happened one night. There's a system where, you know, you punch them into the computer and we have these box system next to us where we put the papers in the show. Hey, this room's checked out or, Hey, this room's not rentable, whatever. We had the whole system there. Right. Before my shift was the owner shift. He failed to put any paper or in the system that this room was checked out. Oh, so guy comes in and a guy does girl come in fairly late. They want a room. I'm like, all right, cool. Here's this room. He comes back. Hey, this room's rented. Usually most people are honest about it, right? They go, Oh shit. Rooms rented leave. He was less than honest. And stole about $348 from the guy who had the room. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that started a whole thing, and they got kicked out. They got banned. And my boss looks at me and goes, I'm going to have you work that time unpaid. Because he paid it out of his pocket. Wow. To which my words were, screw you. If you had done the system, this would not have happened. That's true. He's trying to penalize you for his fuck up. Yeah. Um, but work unpaid. That sucks. Uh, I got another question. Did you get calls from guests asking for crazy or outlandish things? Yes. Um, I've had people ask me, hey, how do I get the adult networks? We don't have adult networks. We're a cheap hotel. What are you expecting for $55 a night? Yep. Um, I've had people come up to the front desk, and I had actually been tempted to go into business for myself at the front desk of people coming up going, hey, I need some condoms. Oh, I should have just gone on Amazon and bought a big pack of the cheapos and sold them for five dollars. Man, pop. you could have made bank doing that shit. I could have, no doubt. I had one guy look at me and go, "So you seriously don't have any condoms on you?" And to which my sarcastic, heavily caffeinated, uh, I just looked at him and said, "Well, you could pull, could pull an archer and use a Snickers wrapper." <laughs> 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 Snicker satisfies. <laughs> um, 
you, uh, your person, Trison, asked, uh, did you ever worry about your safety while you were there? Yes, because I was not allowed to have any sort of weapon on me, whether it be concealed, knife. Say if I had a concealed carry, I could not have it on me. So basically, if someone shoots up the office, I am to duck into the server or laundry area and call the police. Wow. And given, and like you said, given it being kind of like a, a college town and whatnot, man, the crazy shit that goes down, especially at the cheap hotel. Oh, yeah. I've We've had to kick people out of a room because they were hotboxing it and they were watching the NBA game playoffs. They were so loud they woke the owner up. Oh, wow. And this is one of my favorite ones because it's funny. Uh, he's He can't find his wallet. So we help him. We're going like, to look, look around the room with you. Can't find the wallet. The room stinks of uh, marijuana. And we tell him, nope, look, you've been kicked out. You need to go. He comes back into the office and he's fussing at me, saying that he can't find his wallet and everything else. So that I took it. To which he looks at me, he slams on the window and goes, Man, I will call the police out here. <laughs> okay. My yeah, response be a, is well, good idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, go ahead, do it. You do realize if they come here, I have to show them the room you checked out. So so did this hotel have a have a pool? It did. A really small, kind of danky pool. So so the question that just came through is how often did you have to get rid of people in the pool area, skinny dippers? non-guests, etc. Surprisingly, not that much. There was one skinny dipper couple to which I didn't see them on the camera until I was doing a walk rounds. And for some reason we had a three iron in the office. So I walked around <laughs> with that. You can't, you can't conceal carry, but you got a golf club. Yeah. Well, that hurt. I'm not a golf person, but it'll hurt. Yeah, you can swing it. That's all that matters. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I caught them, and they were embarrassed. I was like, look, I'm not going to report you. You guys are staying here? Yeah, okay, go back to your room. Go back to your room. Man, that's just nasty. <laughs> just nasty. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, if it was me in that scenario, I'd probably just walk up and just be like, hmm. Start filming, off. saying, I don't know if saying this that. is going on TikTok. Hides <laughs> 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 at the hotel. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you know, probably tons of drug deals go down. Um, anybody get yeah. anybody get killed there while you were there? Any dead bodies in hotel rooms? Uh, yes. Ooh. I was going to say, that's kind of terrifying. Hey, we asked, we asked the uh, hard-hitting questions here, man. <laughs> What's funny is that this ties into how I left this job for my next job. Good. So we'll we'll segue right into that. So you do this and we'll go into the next one. So let me just guess. The owner of their next job come in and murdered the owner of that job and offered you a job. Oh, that that that'd be a great no. story, but I doubt that's the one. No, no. Thank God no. Um what happened is we had this couple that were staying there, and they would obviously been doing heroin. They got kicked out. She apparently shacked up with some other new guy in one of the rooms. And apparently um, what she had, she OD'd on. And his panic at 12 at night was he took her stuff, like packed up all of her stuff, 
put it behind the building and a camera blind spot. Meanwhile, we have cameras that see him doing this. Right. And then he drags her out of the room, lays her on the sidewalk a couple doors down from his room, hops in his car, drives up to the office. He's panicking, trying to find a way in. He finds the night entrance. He tells me, man, man, there's this white chick out here. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who she is, but I think she's OD, man. Hops in the car, books it. Wow. Never mind that, you know, we have his information on file. Yeah. Along with his ID on file. So my next move is I need to call an EMS. EMS comes out. And meanwhile, before they get there, some other guests see her. Uh, She runs back to her friends. They come back. They check on her and everything, which is going to come back later on in the story. (sighs) She was pronounced uh, dead at the scene. Damn. She was pronounced dead at the scene. So you got to imagine I'm up all night with the police answering questions, giving information, giving statements, pulling up security footage. And I have three cops in the office now to which we're going over the video footage and they see the girl and her friend go over back to get her friends and bring them over to go check on her. The bald officer said something I did not expect. And I had to try and keep a straight face. And I don't think his Sarge approved of it either. Mm. He did his best. Hey, guys, want to see a dead body? Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Oh, (laughs) and this was the same night I gave my two weeks notice to my boss of, hey, look, I got a job offer. It's 10 an hour. It. It's got overtime. It's got benefits. I'm out of here. Wow. Understandable. Uh, what what an exclamation point <laughs> on, on your exit. And what makes it even worse is on my last day, who should come in but her father Ooh. to collect her belongings that were left at the hotel? Ouch. And we were just talking and everything. And he go, and he's like, yeah, so what? How's everything been? And, you know, try to keep a conversation going because he's, he's just had a loss. I feel bad for that. Right. Yeah. And, and we're talking about going on the better, brighter things. And he goes, yeah, in fact, you know, I'm actually starting a new job soon. And he goes, really? Where at? The Memorial Cemetery. Hmm. I, I, I wish I could make this up, but I can't. Wow. Wow. Uh, another question. Was it worse directly knowing the owner that was making money by paying you shit, or did you resent big corporate jobs more? Just curious. Oh, in a way, I kind of resented him being cheap because he was so cheap of if it was a regular, he would cut a deal, which cut into his profits, which cut into our pay. So he would at times rent out a room for like $35 for a regular. And, you know, you can't make profit. No. Can't make profit. Can't pay your people. Just when he's trying to hook people up. Yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta question what kind of person's a regular at a hotel as suspect as you talk about. <laughs> I've had a guy, I see him every weekend, and he would look at me and go, 
if anybody asks for me, I'm not here. I'm like, fair enough. Damn. Wow. All right. So still one. Oh man. So so from here you went to work for the cemetery, and and you yep. said before, uh, you know, we got on. There wasn't a lot of crazy stuff that went on there other than just the the work. Yeah, other than the work, people would leave stuff at at the headstones, and how I learned the funeral industry is shut such a sham, money wise. Oh, really? Do yeah. tell. The biggest thing they will sell you on is embalming. Mm-hmm. They try to tell you it's for healthy reasons and all that. Truth be told, a body can last about a week before decomposition fully with proper storage. Mm. Well, that's just some nice information. Yep. (laughs) Not only that, unless you're planning on being buried in a coffin, an area that is a major flood zone, probably don't spring the extra 10 grand for a metal casing to go over your coffin. Yeah. But, you know, they're doing the whole, you know, they're gouging over somebody's grief. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so we had a message come through. Iris Kitty is temporarily taking the place of Trison. He will be back. Says, okay. I remember a lot of these stories. So, oh yeah, he's going to be great. So, so you did landscaping for the cemetery. Yep. So did yep. you have to do any, any hole digging? Oh yeah. We had to do hole digging. And sometimes we have to dig the coffins back up. Oh, there was one that we were sent off to a job site um, to excavate a coffin for relocation. What? I'm. That's kind of weird because you would think these people have already paid for the plots, you know, and you're yeah. relocating it. So they're they're double dipping on that. No pun intended, but <laughs> yeah. Mean. Apparently, this family had a lot of money and they bought a bigger plot area. Right. That was private land. So they wanted to move it from the old family inherited plot, which was getting a little overfilled, mm-hmm. to the new one. And I'm going to tell you, excavating a coffin is not pleasant. I bet not, because aren't because they're dropped into like a, a concrete encasement, right? Um, if it's a mausoleum, yes. Those are those are like gas bomb traps if you do them wrong yeah i've had to watch my supervisor literally burp one Ooh, oh because uh the front plate was marble and it started to crack which meant something was done improperly and there was gas build up in there it's nasty as hell (laughs) come to find out what happened a bird made a dust in a vent oh so doing the landscaping i mean you know, we, we don't hear about it much anymore. You ever come across the graves that have been dug up? Surprisingly, no. Um, but I will say my biggest annoyance from it, and let this be a lesson out there. If you visit loved ones' graves, be careful what you leave on them, especially with the, the flat headstones. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was out weed whacking one day, and there is a live bullet sitting on top of a headstone, and I'm about to bring the weed whacker Ooh. over. Oh, and my God. My coworker is in line of sight of the bullet. Oh damn! You'd have have clipped that. That would not have been good. uh, No, it wouldn't. And this is like a hunting rifle round. 
So I caught it and I reported it. And it went into the lockup storage. So if you ever wonder why things go missing at the headstones, people didn't steal it. They just put them in storage because it gets in the way of maintenance crew. So, so how much stuff did you know was in like this storage? I mean, was there a lot of stuff getting taken off these gravestones? Oh yeah, like little statues, um, toys, coins, poker chips. Oh wow! Uh, here's yeah, good. Here's, here's a good question. Did you have a lot of double burials? You know, uh, where people are buried with their loved ones, not side by side. Yes. Really? Yeah. Some people do it because it's cheaper long run and cheaper payment. How the hell does that work? Pretty much what it is, it's um, it's mostly done with cremated remains. Oh, I got you. Like They'll have like, the cremated box, and they'll bury it down. And then the next loved one gets buried on top of that one. Ah. Um, what I will say, what also sucked, is these were the headstones that had the little flip-out flower urns where you could pull it out and put flowers up yeah. there. Those are dark, damp places. And one of the things that love living in them is black widows. Ooh. Oh, God. I, I'm, I'm not a spider guy. Nope. Yeah, I don't do nope. spiders. I'd nope the fuck out I, on that. I, I had one jump out and attack me about the size of my thumb. Ah. Oh, my God. That'd have been my day. That'd have been the day I left. I, I'd be weed whacking uh, like in a complete bit. Man, you thought a war was going on at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe me, Ooh. I dropped it. I called my supervisor, dude. He was really cool. I loved him. And I was like, nope, we got Black Widows. And he goes, all right, I'll get some insecticide. Wow. Um, so, you know, I'm assuming, obviously, you guys are doing maintenance or whatnot. You know, obviously, you show up in the mornings, I would think. Uh, you ever find, like, weird shit where people got, like, candles and stuff out, like, they come in and they're acting like it's the craft, doing all sorts of witchcraft shit overnight? Surprisingly, for the town we lived in, no. Probably not in this one, but I have seen it, been witness to it when I was in high school at some of the smaller cemeteries. Yeah. But this is a fairly big plot one. Um, another question: D Did you guys put anything in the ground to help prevent rodents? Yes, it was with our treatment stuff. Um, I can't remember what it was, but pretty much we put stuff in there to help control stuff like fire ants, rodents, things like that. Nice. Because um, the last thing you want is when someone's visiting their loved one and they get attacked by fire ants. Wow. Uh, another question. Did you ever experience anything paranormal? Yes. Ooh, sweet. Oh, here we go. What's up? I was in the mausoleum. I was vacuuming up. And the vacuum kept cutting off. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's the wiring. I know a little bit, so I pop it open. And I check the wiring. And everything's fine. All right, I finish up and I go to turn on the Ozo machine, and that thing keeps turning off. And I'm like, what in the world? And as I'm tinkering with that, one of the chairs behind me just tips over for no reason. <laughs> Somebody's trying to sleep. You done pissed them off. Yeah. Apparently, and I just I turned around and I, I respect the spirits, respect the spirits. 
anyone can tell you respect the spirit so do not piss them off i apologize Good man. Good i man. said look i am here just to take care of things if you'll let me do this i can i will leave you in peace and after that things started working again mm-hmm. apparently they were cranky i woke them up from their nap yep. uh well, explain here it wasn't ozone machine ozone machine is mausoleums well they're gonna have a lot of bacteria and stuff within the wall so it's gonna attract things like fruit flies bugs and all that what ozone does is apparently ozone is lethal to bugs mm. it kind of poisons them it's not good for you to be in it for long term um but essentially it's that you ever walked into like a mausoleum kind of building and it had that stale air smell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's from the ozone machine because you are essentially breathing ozone, you know, three particles of oxygen normally right. instead of O2. Nice. So you're breathing oxide instead of. Yeah. You got, you yeah. So Irish Connection had, had a, a question. Uh, what does an average funeral cost over here? He says it's about $6,000 for a normal funeral in Ireland. I, I, would say, uh, I would say ours is way higher than that, isn't it? It is. It is between funeral services, pallbearers. Um, pretty much, you're paying for the headstone. If it's a custom headstone, um, you're paying for where it's going. You're paying for the plot. It can go. Let's put it this way: my friend's nana. We took care of her final was because we don't think she has much longer. Right. That alone was about twelve thousand. There you go. Connection. It can go up to, like, say, if you go for the titanium casing to go over your coffin to preserve your dignity, that could easily go up to 20, 30. Man, miles. talk about some sham bullshit right there. You're dead. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. what kind of dignity are you trying to save at this point, you know, that somebody can talk you into putting titanium over your casket? <laughs> I've already told my fiance, if anything happens to me, just take me all back, build a pyre. Light it up. Oh, another question. Do you by any chance know any undertakers who would be willing to come back on with you and have an AMA? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, that would be cool for a Monday night. That'd be awesome. That <laughs> would. It actually got me quite curious um, for looking into it because after working there, I'm like, people get paid really good for this. Yeah. And the amount of work you do versus their pay. It is a absolute scam. Well, yeah, because I mean, you're you're getting people when they're their most vulnerable. I mean, I have a friend who has done some more training school, so I don't know if she would probably be a good source of answers. I'd have to ask her and see what she says. Well, I know we watched a video a while back here at home. It was like some random thing, you know. It was kind of like an AMA. It was like you know, questions for a mortician. And and he yeah. and he was pulling out like all the different gadgets that he used. I'm like, man, okay, uh, and that's just a rabbit hole you can go down. I mean, it's pretty morbid, but it's pretty interesting oh, yeah. too. A great channel for that. Um, and I'm not affiliated. I'm sorry, I'm kind of promoting, but she is absolutely fantastic on it for knowledge. Is ask a mortician. She goes into methods of you know what is the history of it, all that. And even what are some legal burial alternatives, like such as natural burial, where you are wrapped in a cloth and put into a hole in the ground. Right. 
And, you know, that kind of stuff's where the memes come. Like, you know, you get wrapped in a cloth and you come back as a tree and they're like, do you want haunted forests? I'm pretty sure this is how you get haunted forests. <laughs> oh, I'd be down to be in a haunted forest. I'd be down for that. Put me in there. I'll be having too much fun in the afterlife. Yeah, exactly. So, so this is, so, so the one job you didn't have a lot of crazy stuff on, it's been pretty interesting to talk about. So it's, uh, what's pretty kind of funny is I left that to go work at, uh, the motorcycle dealership. Now, and that's possibly the only job where I had to make a very, very expensive choice between two very expensive outcomes. Oh, explain. Um, I got the job on there and they promised me the moon and everything going, Hey, you're going to be helping out our mechanics. You're going to be working a lot assistant. You're going to be cleaning bikes, detailing, washing bikes, all that fueling them up when they're sold and all that. And they put me on a delivery. They put me on a delivery by myself because our other guy wasn't there. I love the other guy I worked with. He was older than me. He looked out for me and my injury because I have an injured lower back. Right. My boss knew this. So he knew that, hey, look, there's always so much I can physically do. Right. So I'm having to deliver this bike. It's it's about an hour or so drive out to go deliver this bike. I don't know why he went to the more local dealership, but whatever. I get there, I open it up, I beat with them, we're chatting. And I tell them, hey, look, right now I am not a licensed rider. Therefore, I cannot take the bike out for you. I need you to be the one to get in the trailer and get on the bike and ride it down. Right. That makes sense. So I go in, there's only enough room for one person. It's hot as balls this day. And I'm not doing any straps. <laughs> and the bike starts to lean into me. To which I kind of look over and go, hey, dude, I need you over here now. He is gone. Oh, shit. He is gone. He, I can't call for him. Nothing. And then the strap fully loosens and the bike is leaning against me. One of the bars is against my shin bone. Pushing in, and and I have to make a call. Yep. Either drop this bike or have my bone snap. <clears throat> I'm assuming you dropped the bike. Yeah, I went for the bike. I would have. <laughs> it scratched up the front head plate area on the bike. Nothing really. Big, just cosmetic damage on the paint. Right. Dude comes back and he's like, oh, hey, sorry about that. I just wanted to go and get you a tip. Oh, shit. <laughs> I am staring daggers at this man. Going, I, I need your help. Right. And he goes, oh, okay. He walks over like nothing's wrong. Helps me lift the bike off, load it off. And gives me a $50 bill. Right. This dude is loaded. Do you see the damage? So did you? He saw the damage. He went, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay." Well, damn. Did uh, I don't no know. ramifications for that? It was just you got your fifty spot and, and went on about your business. Oh, the ramification wasn't from him. It was from my job. Oh, really? After that, I pulled in. I'm limping. 
I walk into my boss's office and I'm like, fuck you guys for sending me on my own. He was like, what happened? Bike fell on me and I almost broke my leg. Oh, and then the next, and I told him, I said, look, I'm going home. My leg hurts. I did that. Next morning, they call me into the office going, hey, um, in review of this incident, we're going to be pulling you off deliveries. Well. And you are, and you are not allowed to sit on any bikes. Oh. Nice. So, but, I mean, was that a cool thing that they did, or was that kind of like a slap, like, you know, we're just kicking you around right it, now? It was more of a kick around because they essentially took away part of my job responsibility. Ah, gotcha. And I, I even went, I paid out of pocket. I went and got my motorcycle license to try and help out to be more helpful. Right. And because of this one incident where I told them, Hey, I'm not comfortable making this delivery by myself. And they made me do it anyway. That I got penalized for even be able to walk right of the bike out to the front to the dealership sign for the customers to take their picture with it. Right. Well, it kind of makes you think what they would have done if you just snapped your damn leg. Oh, if they snapped my leg, they sound like the kind of bunch of people. Oh, well you shouldn't have been doing that anyway. You know, plausible deniability, you know, it's all your fault. And the thing is, I wasn't even there a full month when that happened. Damn. Bikes are heavy, man. That, so, is, that is not light shit. No. And this was a, um, I forget what model they call it, but it's one of the ones with the saddlebags and front windshield, wind, wind guard and all that. Oh, damn. Yeah. The, the bikes, they get more expensive. Yeah. Luckily, it was an EVO. God, if it was an EVO, I probably would have been fired on the spot. Well, it sounds like you're probably better off though. Sounds like they were assholes. Oh, there was uh there's an even better story. Let's hear it. Hey, let's get it. <laughs> the worst one and uh, the original manager, he stepped down because he wanted to go back to be a mechanic. All right, cool. And so the new manager takes over. And I told her, look, I don't mind working for you. We get along great. We both talked about comic books and comic book movies. And I told him, so look, if you see me taking a break or something like that, it is because of my back. I am literally taking so much Tylenol and Advil that I'm almost at blood toxicity just to keep going. Wow. And she pulls me aside one morning, the morning that we are getting delivery of 300 bikes for uh, the brand new sale that's going on. Like she wants them off the trail, off the truck, cleaned up on their sold. That's how she plans on the day going. She looks at me, pulls me aside in front of all my peers and tears into me about how slow I am. Oh, damn. To which one of my other coworkers and it's, it's funny because I found out that a good friend of mine was actually related to one of the guys I worked with, and she could agree that he is an asshole. Nice. But she tore into me in front of everyone. And my buddy Kay, I'm going to call him Kay, older gentleman, retired. He didn't need to work there. He was just there to pass the time. Yeah. He's working the same job I work. 
I was furious. I was tempted to take off my badge and walk off. He told me, don't do it. That's what they're trying to get you to do. Yep. Just prove them wrong. She gave me the ultimatum of getting 300 bikes done and cleaned and ready by 12 or I'd lose my job. Jesus Christ. And when did this delivery get there? That morning. So you had what, like five hours or something like that? See, we, uh, I got there about 6.30. That's when the truck dropped off. So about 7 o'clock is when they're all off. Lined up. I'm having to clean all of them and get them going out. And as I'm having to do it, they're having to also pull them into the shop, check them, update the software. So it's not just on me. It's on them as well. Right. And plus, that's 300 bikes. Mm -hmm. That's that's a lot. And I was to do it alone. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know what I would have done? Peace out. <laughs> Did about three o'clock, right? So by two fifty nine, I would have had one, <laughs> one pulled off of there, and like, oh, that's all I can do. You're right. I'm done. I'm out. Bye bye. I and left on my own terms. <laughs> I was tempted to, but Kay talked me out of it. He gave me a good pep talk. Love the dude. Still talk to him every now and then. Um, but he also encouraged into me the power of spite. Yes. Those three things I run on now. It's caffeine, nicotine, and spite. Those three will do it. And so I get that done. And I get it done by like 1, 2 o'clock. He helps out where he can. I walk up to her in front of a customer, hand her the wash rag, and go, I'm done with all the bikes. If you ever talk to me like that again, I will walk off. Wow. Good. Good for you. Good. And what'd she say afterwards? She was just kind of flabbergasted that I did that. And this customer had this look of, do you treat your people like crap? Yeah, that's the best kind right there. Uh, a question came but, through. Uh, were the motorcycles crated on the truck? Uh, yes and no. They were like crate locked, but these were like the official dealerships. So they actually had the rudders on there, the straps to hold them down. Uh, um, but they had special um, bar bindings to help them stay standing. Right. So we'd have to unstrap them undo the, the tight bars and get them off. Gotcha. Uh, another question was how, how does one test drive a bike? Uh, test driving a bike is pretty easy. You walk into the dealership, you talk to them, they're going to show you a couple of bikes. And I do recommend having your riding license first in the U S you can go to a community college, take a writing course to help you get your license, which is about $145. Right. It's not that bad. You just got to pass it, go to the DMV, take your written test, and you're done. Nice. Um, and they, you fill out some paperwork, and they'll take you out, and they'll ride with you. Pretty much, they'll grab a, either their own bike if they rode in, or they'll grab another dealership bike and ride along with you so you're not riding alone. Now, do they have like a track or something there to ride on, or is it open road? 
It's more or less open road, but they have a set route. Got you. Uh, another question. Uh, what were the customers like in the motorcycle shop versus, you know, how, how do they differ from like anything you've done in retail or the motel? They are some of the most self-entitled, arrogant, demeaning people I have met, most of them. And this is sad to say because a good number of them are military vets. Wow. That is sad. You know, because there's kind of like this image that the biker dudes are kind of cool. Yeah, and my dad was a biker. Right. He was he was a seventies, eighties biker. And, and that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, another question, did did you ever have a customer or witness a customer drop a bike? Yes, I've also witnessed a coworker almost drop a bike because he was too short to write it in. <laughs> so, you ever see a situation where a customer dropped a bike and it, and it fucked it up really bad? I mean, how did the dealership handle that? I mean, was it covered under insurance or did they make somebody pay for something or what? It's mostly covered under insurance. Like, every bike that comes in is insured. So, that way, say if you have a test drive and you wreck it, it's covered. Man, I'd hate to be that customer because, I mean, how embarrassing would that be? (laughs) The more embarrassing part is we've had a customer come pick up their bike, and they crashed it not even four miles away from the dealership and totaled the bike. I I know people have done that with cars. You know, like they – I remember many, many years ago, some – there was a news story. A customer buys a car, like, brand new. And as soon as they pull – I mean, they're pulling out of the lot onto the road, totaled. Like, right there. Bam. (laughs) What was what was worse is they hit nothing. They just took a fall and totaled the bike. Ooh. And when we got the bike back, one of my coworkers pulls out the water bottle and notices it's kind of dark. Uh-oh. Opens it up, takes a whiff, and goes, that's not sweet tea. Mm. Wow. Mm. And, and on average, what would you say the cheapest bike you guys sold there was? Cheapest bike I want to say sold was probably, and it was to another dealership. It was a package deal where this bike was sold for about $400. Right. And it was a pretty crappy Honda CRX. Like it was making bubble noises. We called it the bubbler. (laughs) Bubbler? So, yeah, it was wrong. So you guys sold, uh, Different models? It wasn't just Harleys? It was mostly Harleys because it was a Harley dealership. So that, but they also kept some in the back for people who were like, well, I'm looking for something that's a little bit cheaper. Oh, well, we have some of these pre-owned bikes that were traded in. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. What, what, what's the cheapest Harley run? Cheapest Harley I saw came out of there ran about 2600 and it was a fairly old bike. It was a '97. I want to say it was. That's not bad. I mean, if it, it wasn't if bad, it, was it wasn't shape. pretty. But it still ran pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, that could be a problem. Nice. All right, so we got motorcycles, um, call center. This ought to be good. <laughs> oh, how I got fired from a call center! I don't think I'd last at a call center myself. So. I'm not going to pass in judgment here. This was a call center place, and a friend got me a job there because he was like, look, we need people. We're desperate. 
I didn't realize how bad it was till I got in. And I had two friends who were working there. They mostly deal in-house. They make hammocks. They make Adirondack chairs, outdoor curtains, outdoor rugs, pillows, all that. They sold that. Uh, they had literally seven different companies under one corporate umbrella. Mm. And we had to change hats on the regular, even though we were all set to specialized department. Damn. And it was only a team of five people. And what was your volume of calls? Uh, during on-season, nonstop. Jesus, five people? Man. <laughs> five people, and we were in the office upstairs. Our site managers, I'm saying this in quotations because they never really picked up the damn phone, were under us. So if we were getting swamped by calls, we literally had to stomp the ceiling in front of them to pick up the phone. Oh, wow. So... And- what what what's the craziest most unhinged? Because I mean, you you're telling me it was like all outdoor furniture and stuff like that, right? Yeah. All right. So, what kind of unhingedness can one expect from people calling about that shit? Oh God, uh, I'm I'm assuming most people are aware. Would you have outdoor wooden furniture, even if it's you know in a closed in porch, screened in? That you should at least give it, you know, wood treating every couple of years. Yeah, exactly. I get an email in that this guy's thing has water rot. He wants us to replace it. He's had it three years. And he's like, it's never been exposed to water and everything. I'm like, you haven't just created the porch, right? Well, yeah. What's that have to do with anything? <laughs> it rains sideways. Water particles in the air. <laughs> When it's humid, you are in the state of North Carolina, from what I see of your file. North Carolina gets pretty muggy. Mm-hmm. That means water, condensation, dew, sideways rain, fog. All of that will soak into the wood and eventually cause it to rot. You know, you, you bring up a, a good point because I would imagine in a call center, the amount of phone calls you would get from people way past like warranty coverage and whatnot was insane. Or even the people calling about, Hey, I bought this cheaper competitive, uh, China made chair from your website. And why is it crap? Because you bought the cheapest product on there. That wasn't us made. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an interesting question for you. Uh, did you ever pretend not to be able to hear someone so you could cut them off? No, but this does tie into how I got fired. Sweet. <laughs> Mind you, I had been there for a while and I got transferred over to overseeing a product line of hammocks that are made in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And also uh, reused um, tarp material that's made of the hats, vests, wallets. Great products. <laughs> right. Very durable. I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner, who was a new guy, got put onto my department as well. And mind you, I had cleared it up of a three-year backlog when we were slow. Right. He was in contact with a customer, and he wanted to tra- change from one hat to another. 
he forgot to tell him that, look, if there's a difference in price, we need to know how to contact you to charge the difference in cost. Or else we're not going to send the product out. So I have the envelope. I have the letter that says, hey, I want to exchange this for this. It's a $10 difference. I can't just write off a $10 difference or else I'm going to get in trouble. Right. He neglected to tell them, hey, also give us your contact info, not your parents' contact info, because your parents were the one who got it for you as a gift. Oh. So I have to go by file. I have to call his parents and go, hey, uh, he wants to change it after this. Is there a way I can reach him or have him do it? And they go, oh, we'll just take care of it for him. Wonderful parents. Sweet. I'm like, okay, cool. They're not offended. They're cool about it. But their son calls in, proceeds to call me an idiot and everything else. Mind you, I'm trying to explain. I went by policy. Mm -hmm. I had no way to contact you other than just set it aside and wait for you to call one day. Uh, I'm trying to get this done because I hate backlogs. I hate backlogs. I hate when there's open tickets. I'd rather have them cleaned up, done, out. Right. Yeah. And he wants to yell at me and everything else. Sure, call centers give you the ruling of if you're being mistreated, you can give them three warnings and hang up. The only stipulation is is that they have to be cussing at you. Mm -hmm. He didn't cuss. But just continued berating you. Just continued berating me. And I I don't want to take this. It's getting close to my lunch break. I need a mental break. If I don't end this call, I am going to make him cry. <laughs> <laughs> the vindictiveness in me was boiling up. And I'm like, mm, sir, sir, if he keeps continue, I'm going to disconnect the call. I've given you your last warning. I'm disconnecting the call. Click. Next day, I get called into the office. Uh, they go over to call log, say that I was in the wrong. Of course. They are giving him the product, no charge, and even giving a refund. Oh, God, that is the oh typical retail God. bullshit that we talk about all the damn time. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. Yep. God. And that was, the, that was the biggest strike that got me my job. Other than that, it was the time of we had to have time slot lunches. Everyone else's lunch always dug into my time slot. So me being an adult, I went, all right, screw it. Fine. I can wait a few more minutes. I could take my lunch in a little bit. The minute I do it because I needed a mental break and I let them know as I'm on, as I'm getting up, they go, okay. They go to HR and HR writes me up. See, you know, and and that's a large part of what, you know, we, we try to talk about here is that kind of treatment. (laughs) Of employees and, you know, because look, especially when you're dealing with the public, they should factor in, you know, mental breaks because you're getting mentally abused far more than you probably should. And there, and you know, what you just said about, you know, them, you know, giving the customer some money and whatnot. I mean, it's just, it's terrible because, you're following policy or, or you're, you're being abused and you're right. It doesn't matter what your job is. You know, you, you, there's no reason to treat a human being that way, but yet they turn around and kiss the customer's ass. And, it, and that is just horse shit. 
Yeah, it just reinforces bad behavior. Exactly. And it hits that behavior and that reinforcement of the behavior is why there are such a thing as damn Karens. If they were told tough shit, this is the policy, keep it moving, you wouldn't have this problem. But now it's just rampant. It is. And that's why one of my favorite jobs I ever had was working at my father-in-law's comic shop. It was a weekend gig. I loved it. The people were amazing. I got to be a nerd. I got to see so much great artwork. Yeah, and, you know, that's a really good point, too, because especially if it's something you're passionate about, you find that the clientele that you're dealing with are are far cooler to be around than just the general public because you all share, you know, that same passion. Um, it's very similar to, like, when I worked for Guitar Center. You know, it was it was different because everybody was musicians and, and, and whatnot. It just wasn't the same bullshit. And, and yeah. that's what's lacking in like regular business because they don't cultivate any kind of, uh, what's the word I look for? I mean, they talk teamwork and stuff, but it's, it's so forced and nobody's ever on the, there's no actual yeah. community. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Community. That, that is a perfect word. You know, what, you know, if you work, if you're lucky enough to work in a business that you, you enjoy, you, you find that, I mean, yeah, we had issues with customers at Guitar Center, but nine times out of 10, those customers, they weren't the actual musicians. They were like parents buying stuff for a musician. But when you're dealing with the people that actually play music and whatnot, very, I mean, maybe once in a blue moon, you get somebody who's pissed off, but as a community, it was cool, man. And it makes it hard when you experience that for any amount of time to adapt to like regular business, because that's when you really realize how many assholes there are out there. Oh man. And you mentioned that and it's just the, the current field I'm in, it's great and I love it and I hate it at the same time. Right. So it, it really gives me that whole, I wake up every day going, do I really want to go in? Do I want to deal with this crap? Especially with how corporate has treated us this past year with COVID and everything. Yep. You know, biggest thing. Oh, no, go ahead. Remember when um, a lot of places started shutting down businesses saying, hey, you can't be open unless you are essential. Correct. Our corporate submitted letters to different states and everything else. In our state, it was not approved. They told us it was approved that we were an essential business to stay open. Oh, I know of a company that I used to work for that pulled that shit, too. I really wish somebody could explain to me how home decor, you know, sells as a essential business. But okay. <laughs> yeah. Well... Mind you, this is also before PACT Act went through, so people could actually get the stuff shipped to them right. without having to pay exorbitant rates. Now you kind of have to. So with this, it was funny because two other stores I know people worked at, and they were friends of mine, they got visited by police twice and told to shut down. Ooh. My store never got hit. They On the first act, they said, okay, look, hey. here's this letter. You need to close up. Steve, we got um, we got a technical issue. What? Screen is just blinking off and on. Where? On Twitch. Uh, Facebook good. YouTube good. 
Uh, I mean, I could check it for you real quick. Twitch has been having issues over the past 48 hours, in case you didn't know. Uh, they, they've had they've had all sorts of problems. Um, yeah, so, so I think some of their servers... Yeah, that is something uh, like, like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, with COVID, man, a lot of these companies, they lied and did everything they could to stay open and force people to go through some hefty bullshit they didn't have to go through. Mm-hmm. The biggest of the bull, uh, biggest of the bullshit from this was when they got hit once, they told them, okay, don't let customers in, take orders by phone, payment mm-hmm. by phone, and bring the product out to them when they come in. They got hit again, told to close up. All through this, I have a letter from my district manager that says, hey, we are a essential business. We are to be open. If someone comes in and they refuse to wear a face mask, you can't turn them away. Even though we have a mask posted on the a sign on the window that says, please wear a mask. We are limited to five people. Right. Yet I can't enforce it. Man, that is some bullshit. I'm not seeing not seeing on YouTube and I checked the Retail Warzone channel and the Generation Voice. Um Facebook is working. Um but oh. but anyway, so due to technical difficulties and whatnot, we're sitting at what are we said? We're sitting at um and we're sitting at like an hour, hour and six. Three. So Proto Rage, yeah. you be interested in coming back on again soon? Um, yeah, just let me know when, and um, I can see if I can't work out my schedule, because, dear God, we used to be down to four people, now we're down to two. All good. Uh, they're, they're about the kill. It's all good. Yeah, because, I mean, like, as I accumulate you guys, you know, I'd like to have, like, one night where I've just got, like, a ton of people on at one time, and we could just, like, randomly talk whatever shit about whatever industry and whatnot. And that's yeah. kind of, you know, really what I'm kind of going for is getting as many people involved as well. And, you know, there's a lot of our regulars and yeah, we've been managers and whatnot, and that's great, you know, from a content standpoint, but, you know, I really want more, you know, in the trenches, hourly, you know, different kind of service industries yeah. and whatnot, because I think that's where the real stories are. And, and yeah, and it's funny because right now I'm an assistant manager. So when no one else is there, I'm the manager. Got you. Got you. All righty, Proto. Hey. Well, we appreciate you being on. I'll be back in touch with you soon. Um, it seems like our Sounds it good. seems like our stream has died anyway for whatever reason. So I don't know what's going on with restream. But um, if anybody's still watching us or whatnot, thanks for being here, and we will see you next time. <laughs>